Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. A tool called Name Your Price. Get a grip on your spending like an industrial vice. It's nice. Beats rolling the dice. I prefer brown rice. Don't carry dumbbells when you walk on thin ice. Splash. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Vigorito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Hey everybody, good evening, welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I will be joined alongside Rich Van Zant shortly as we bring in the 2017 uh, Miami Dolphins slash NFL season. But of course, the Miami Dolphins uh, did not play any football this week because of uh, Hurricane Irma. And of course, uh, before that, we had Hurricane Harvey. So it's been uh, quite a strange uh, preseason, I guess you'd call it. And, uh, of course, the two Florida teams affected the most, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins, which is ironic that they both played each other opening day. And that might be the first time they've ever done that. Um, I'll uh, throw that out, Rich, and see if he agrees with that. Uh, but uh, it, it is very strange in the fact that they had played each other opening day, and so they also had the same bye week. And uh, and thus they were able to move it to the bye week. Uh, I have a lot of feelings about that. Of course, that um, you know uh, was the I guess the obvious choice of what to do uh, when the devastation hits Florida like it did. So you have to uh, make some accommodations. And they had uh, tossed around a couple ideas, which we will go over. But ultimately uh, decided to go with the bye week and. Uh, and so the Miami Dolphins now will play this game in November. I think it's November 11th or whatever. And uh, now they will open up the season uh, out and uh, out with the Chargers, who are now in L.A. And uh, the Miami Dolphins are, have flew out there, so they're actually out in L.A. now, preparing for that Charger game, which would be next Sunday. And uh, and so yeah, so the Miami Dolphins uh, season starts, um, you know, with with a bye, and uh, the rest of the league. Uh, goes on uh, as normal, and uh, we'll we'll address all that. We'll we'll kind of go over what the off season moves were, and uh, what the preseason was like, and and where that leaves us. So, uh, without further ado, let me uh, welcome in uh, Rich Van Zant to the show. Welcome, brother. Welcome back, 2017. You know, you're it's 11. been uh, what? What's that? You're you're eleven. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. Not, you're eleven. Absolutely right, my friend. Um, this is our eleventh season on the air, longest running uh, 
uh, broadcasted Miami Dolphins show, uh, and that includes, I believe, in hometown as well as uh, across the country. So, uh, yeah, this was, uh, as I said, a very strange uh, opening of events. Of course, you had the two hurricanes, and uh, and they had a, a, a couple different ways they, they could have went about it. Now, I, I had told you, uh, you know, during the weeks up there, I, I do believe that losing your bye will affect your team. I, I realize they really didn't have much of a choice, and, and you'll go over all the scenarios uh, like you told me when it happened. But I think that ultimately would uh, affect you. I looked it up, and, and uh, it doesn't seem like history would be on my side with that because when Hurricane Andrew hit in 1992, they actually had a New England game, which they – then postponed to their bye week, which was only, I think, week four or week five. And then they right. opened up the following week in Cleveland. Obviously, 92 was a phenomenal year for the Miami Dolphins. They, they should have went to the Super Bowl. Remember when they first started the buys? When they first started the buys, they had teams that were off the first week. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was so, really weird you know, how some teams know. would be off Whatever. week 14 and some would be off, off week one. Yeah, it was really strange. Yeah. Um, but, you know, history on uh, that year, at least, wouldn't, Dictate that I, you know, I'm correct Look, because the Dolphins had a phenomenal they didn't make year. The bye week. They, they didn't design this bye week to give teams a rest. They designed it to add in week 18. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're yeah. absolutely right. That's yeah. why the bye week's there. Help. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Agreed. But that doesn't mean yeah. that it doesn't help other teams. You know, it doesn't oh, help oh, teams. Understandable. And you know, you know what's really ironic is Tampa and Miami are off, and the, the city that got hit the worst is Jacksonville, who played. Yeah, yeah, harder than anybody. Yeah, I I know a lot of flooding there, and and you're absolutely right. It was such a strange storm; they didn't know where it was going to hit. Now Jacksonville was on the road uh, for opening day, right? So they were able to, I guess, you know, not have to worry about that part of it. But as far as uh, the, you know, they have to make provisions not to come back. Probably they probably can't practice there this week. I would assume. Yeah, I would think you're right. I mean, as far as the flooding, the electric. It's really rough. Yeah, there's no way to come back now. You know, there's so many weird facets to that because I think they played Houston, so they went to Houston, who was basically hit two weeks before that and devastated. And then, you know, while they're in Houston now, they might be stranded there while Jacksonville is destroyed. I'll give you another crazy story that I just found out today. Miami is yeah, they're in LA right now, but the players aren't. The players are a doodle ten o'clock tomorrow morning. The players are scattered all over the country. Yeah, which I think makes sense because I had talked to you about that. I mean, if you're if you're going to postpone the game because you're worried about the players and their families, you think can't take them out to California to work on football stuff. I mean, you have to I let them you. do that, don't you? I got you, but, but just think we haven't really practiced since last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only caveat to that, the only caveat to that, you know, I I, I guess is that, you know, the the other teams played. And and that's one of the things I wanted to address with you, uh, you know, as we look ahead and they go into San Diego or or, or L.A. or however you want to refer to it, the Chargers. Now, the Chargers have a very tough game, Carson City. They play tonight, right? And they have a tough game at Denver. Okay. Now, is that an yep. advantage or a disadvantage? I mean, you're going to come in this game, and you're going to be – this is your first game. Now, the Chargers, for, for good or bad, are going to play a full football game. So, I think that benefits them for at least the first half of that game. But I don't well, know. I, I mean, what, 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 I, what I watched yesterday, you know, the way they run preseason now, I saw a lot of staleness in this league. 
all staleness. Bad football and a lot of staleness because they don't yes. treat preseason preseasons that 90 man roster now until the end, and they're playing guys who are on the street now. So yeah, I I think the league is they have to really figure out what they're going to do with preseason because it's definitely not to get ready for the season anymore. No, it's not. It, they completely changed it, and like you said, now with the cuts yep. coming at the end, they they basically given in to that fact that we're going to have four yep. preseason games because we're not we're not giving up that money and we're not giving up those games and we haven't been able to extend the season, so it's going to stay like that at least for the time being. They're not cutting anything out, but as far as oh, it being preparation. No, as far yeah, as being preparation, preparation for other uh, other football, you know, issues, it doesn't really help in, in any way. So that goes to my point now. The Miami Dolphins are going to be extremely stale going into that game. They're going to be at least for the first half, and then winded for the second half. And the, the, the oh, Chargers yeah. are going to be in much better situation and condition as far as that goes. Now, as far as their so injuries really think, and their you bodies, think the whole, you think the whole team shows up tomorrow at ten in the morning? Get confidence in that one? No, and I don't think they're. The and I don't think they're, they're going to have. Playing, I mean, I think they're on their own. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to have to be there at a certain time. Like I think that that might be the time when they're supposed to report, but I don't think it's going to be like a hard, you know, fixed point because there's so much going on and they have to take care of their families and whatever. So, no, I don't think they will. Um, if you're saying that's going to be a factor with a terrible week of practice, is that what you mean? Like they're going to have like a. Yeah, well, I think it's you know that you're just expecting like you know, you know, 53 of these guys to find their own way to to California. I mean, I can't even imagine this. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think the linguistics NFL of that are a little crazy. Get, NFL players have a hard time finding their own bus to get to the airport. Yeah, no, know? no, you're right. You're right. I mean, they'd be late if they lived in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I agree with you yeah. as far as that goes. Yeah. But then, you know, if you want to say, you know, if you're basically saying to me, you know, do I think that that's going to affect their on-the-field play come Sunday? Is that, I mean, that's what ultimately it means. I don't it's know. I mean, I, I think that, like I said, I think that not playing opening day and then having a team play opening day is going to oh, be nice. definitely a disadvantage. I agree with you. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Definitely a disadvantage. How, how much does San Diego – though playing an extremely difficult division game on the road, how, how much does that compensate for that? I mean, they could get banged up. They could have injuries. We know that. But let's pretend they don't have serious injuries. How much is your body, you know, uh, affected going into week two with the soreness and, uh, and the little ailments and stuff like that? Does that compensate at all? Or is it just like – you know, week two, we, we've got the rust off and we're ready to roll. I mean, can you see them popping out, you know, 17 to, to three halftime because of that? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, cause, you know the, the one thing I think we have going for is I don't think they're that good of a team, San Diego. So I don't think that, you know, that's a team that can blow us out. I don't know. I don't believe so, you know. I agree I with like that, six, but they're, they're, five, offensive. they're a five-six win team, so I don't believe that they're going to be able to take huge advantage of. It. They have their major problems there, 
So. Yeah, you're right about that. But they're a five-six win team that's offensive minded, and Rivers could certainly put yeah. up three touchdowns Rivers at a certain is, yeah, time. Rivers is, yeah, I know. But Gates is a hundred years old now. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's no, I know. Team, I I, I agree. But they can, you know. Well, you you know, we're going to see a lot tonight. It's going to be very interesting. For once, this is going to yep. be a very interesting thing for the Dolphins. You know, to watch. Denver's because, got great Avery, though, because I think Denver's got major problems at quarterback position. They have one you know? problem. They have one problem. And it's a major yeah. one, like you just said. They it's don't a have a quarterback. But now, they know, but now they brought they brought Osweiler back. And yeah, but he's not going to ridic- play yet. No, yeah. he's not going to play yet. But as ridiculous as that seems, he's going to be – that's the place he belongs. He got lucky because – and I really don't understand. You can explain all this contract to me because he signed the highest contract you can get. And then he was <laughs> traded. And then he was cut. So how much of that is guaranteed? What did he get? I know a lot of that had to be guaranteed. I, I don't know. I don't know how much. He's definitely owed something. I just don't know what percentage. And, how and much. I think it's more than something, in quotes. I mean, he's got he's to have a pretty big sum coming to him for him to have signed that contract overnight without returning to Denver. Well, I think it made it, made it better for him that he was traded because I think Cleveland's on the hook for more than Houston. Well, yeah, I think you're that. right about that. Yeah, and I do I believe that. that. There's no other way you're going to get rid of them. Yeah, I think that I think Houston still has to pay him something, but I think Cleveland even has to pay him more. And he didn't play one down for Cleveland. Yeah, and if he close. didn't get traded, though, I, if he didn't get traded, I don't see why that would have changed. I mean, you're guaranteed what you're guaranteed, no matter what team has it. You're, you're guaranteed that. And I'm pretty sure for him to – for him to have made an 11th hour decision, from what I remember from the contract, it was basically like, listen, we're offering you this, but you're, you're going to say yes right now or it's off the table. And if you oh, yeah. fly home, yeah. right? And so that's what really teed off. Supposedly, well, supposedly he wasn't even really there, that they never even had a face-to-face with him. They yes. gave him a take-or-leave-a contract over the phone, and they never even met the guy. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right with that. And so now, yep. where do, where does that stand now? So if he's getting that kind of contract, you a lot, that has to be guaranteed a tremendous amount because nobody else is doing that. If it's not it. probably thirty billion of it, yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So this so kid's in really like good shape. Yeah. Yes, this kid's in really good shape as far as that's concerned. And you yeah. know, obviously, the football play has been you know really lackluster. And so I mean, you know, he get cut by Cleveland with all their problems. I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah. You know, when Cleveland says we can't use you, you know? And I think it's the kind of thing where he'll go back to Denver, and if he plays there, I think he'll be okay. Not great. I think he'll be okay. Because he knows the system. Absolutely. They have no quarterback there. Yeah, Trevor Stevens terrible, and Paxton Lizard showed nothing. You know, and so you know, for John Elway, I mean that's that's a huge thing. And John Elway is a, is is a football mind. You know, this guy's won a Super Bowl now as as sure. a president or GM or whatever you want to call. So he, you know, he that's got to be really egging at him for him to go back after Osweiler because he was pretty pissed off when Osweiler yeah. signed that contract. There was definitely bad oh, yeah. blood there, he but there's such a older. bad situation that he's given yeah. in to him and said, "Come back," you know, and, so and he's gonna. They got him for a song. They got him for free. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they. Yeah, because I guess the trail goes back to Texans, and they're paying them, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they got him for yeah, like from, a league minimum right now. Yeah. So from a standpoint sure. like that, you're right. He he made out pretty well as far as yep. that goes. Now it's just a matter of you know 
what the guy is. Yeah, exactly. So so tonight's game is, is, is you know, the second game, because you reminded me now, it, it, it's very interesting because both of these games have somewhat often ramifications because, you know, the San Diego Chargers are playing the Denver Broncos. We play the L.A. Chargers, excuse me, we play them the following week. Then we have the Jets here in their home opener, but then we go out to, to – London and play New Orleans, who's also playing the yeah. first game tonight, which has right already now. started. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of dolphin interest, I guess, in these two games uh, to see where it all, you know, kind of shakes out and, and goes. But, uh, you know, it, it's really strange how this, this whole offseason has went. And we haven't talked about the huge elephant, and that's we have a new quarterback <laughs> because we haven't been on the air. And yeah, basically, right. yeah. Ryan Tannehill is, is out for the year. And uh, and Jay Cutler, you know, is, is in there. And, you know, the first thing, you know, I guess since we, we've now unveiled it, is me and you were very outspoken, you especially, when this kid got injured last year. And it was, what, what was it, week week, was it week 12? What, what, what week did he get hurt, Tannehill? 14, 15. What, what, so what, what did uh play the last three games? So that would be week 15, right? So week well, okay, 14, I guess he got hurt. No, so week fourteen, because uh, because Moore played the last three games. So Moore played the last three games. So uh, yeah. seventeen week season now, right? Yep. Yep. So or so uh, right. So is, yeah, it's so an eighteen week 15, season. 16, 17. How is yeah, it an eighteen so week right. season? You're counting that. You're counting the three games. Oh yeah, the yeah, playoff yeah, game? yeah, you're right. So you know, seventeen is seventeen weeks, right? You're right. It's a seventeen yep. week. So so he it's week thirteen week then. Yep. But he played yep. week fourteen. Or more well, he did. got hurt. What, what, what did Ten Hill get hurt? Ten Hill got hurt during the game, obviously. So yeah, he got. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, that one. So Moore had three starts after the injury. After the injury, so that would then right. lead me to believe that uh, he would have played seventeen, sixteen, and fifteen, and then uh, right. fourteen. So week fourteen, 14 he, he got, got hurt, hurt. and Moore yeah. came in. Yep. Um, and at that time, I mean, you, you were livid. Well, for, let's go through the events because the events were even really strange. He's out for, he's on the bench, and he's, he's in tears. He's in tears. He's in tears. Yep. And, you know, this, this is a, ghosted, as always. There a, was no, right, a terrible, there was no, terrible no injury at all. out for the yeah. year. Everybody's you know, sad. He tore his ACL. He's out for the year. And then we get reports, you know, we, Tuesday uh, or even Monday night, that miraculously there's no structural damage in Ryan Tannehill's knee. And he's okay yeah. and he's week to week. And then as the week progressed, uh, there may be a slight tear, but he's going to play through it. And that turned into flying around the country and out of the country, I believe, to uh, to see Andrews and then that ultimately – was you know he's going to do some growth uh, hormone treatments or something like that and you were adamant that this kid has to get surgery which he elected not to do and now yeah, they, they, here they you are it was a partial tear in, in two right. ligaments and i'm like that is not healing by itself you know which you know unfortunately i was correct you know it was basically they said it was a ticking time bomb now we hear that he went for stem cell injections which you know right you might as well have got voodoo treatment in uh, little haiti i mean that, that's never going to work on a day i mean i never heard of such nonsense you know yeah 
I agree. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, that's that's the solution here. And so you went from yeah. this being a miraculous dodge the bullet to not having surgery, and now he's missing an entire year in his prime. What did we say? Because well, what did I say last year? I said. If they don't do the right thing and get surgery here, he's going to hurt it. And I didn't – even my worst-case scenario was a training camp. I figured it would be like week three or four where it would right. pop again, and then he would be out for the rest of the year. I said it's not going to, he's not going to make it through the next year. Then he doesn't even make it through the season, and now he's at a whole other season. So now he's going to miss, you know, three and a half games last year and 16 this year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he, he – he basically is missing a full year in the prime of his career yeah. off off of maybe the best season of his career up to that injury. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I don't only blame the organization. I blame him also and his people. Well, but you know, it's a collective it's a collective you know blunder by the by the two sides. You know, well, and that's my next question. Though. It's, and it, it's got to be more on him, though. It's more on him, isn't it? I mean, it, it, he's the one who seems like he didn't want it. But I, but it seems like the team just went along with it. They were I didn't see them bashing him in the paper and then he should get surgery. You know what I mean? No, but I like can't imagine along with it. Can't imagine they wouldn't want him to have surgery though, right? What would be the reasoning that they wouldn't want him to have surgery? Oh why why didn't they come out publicly and say it then? You know? You're, you're right. I, I, they were timid in it and they probably should have taken much more of a uh you they know, a firm a approach to it. On it. Uh-huh, right, 100%. they sh- they should have, but uh, but I ultimately have to say it's him who didn't want to have the surgery, and and it turns out to be a, a, a huge mistake. And of course, uh, you know we're going to get into this debate now. Um, you know, with uh, now Jay Cutler is the starting quarterback. There's been a lot of both sides, and we both have strong opinions. So let me take a, a quick break here. We'll come on back, and then we'll address the new quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, number six, Jay Cutler. This is Don Shula. Happy to be on the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736. Or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legend Show with your host, Pat Catello.
Welcome back from Miami Dolphins Legends show. Pat Catello joined alongside Rich Van Zant as we are uh, in week one of the NFL season with uh, no Miami Dolphin game played. And uh, as we were talking about the Ryan Tannehill issue uh, during the preseason, took up you know most of the headlines. And uh, and Jay Cutler uh, now is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And there's been a lot of negative uh, press uh, regarding Jay Cutler. Uh, ironically, the Miami Dolphins find themselves in the same predicament they always do with the Ka- uh, now it's uh, Colin Kaepernick situation. The Miami Dolphins are the flagship for this whole uh, debate. Uh, because uh, people are saying that he should have been uh, hired here. And I just find it ironic because uh, they weren't the first to do the sitting at the National Anthem, yet they became the the fixtured franchise of that movement. And now they're the top uh, franchise with the Colin Kaepernick thing. And uh, as far as Jay Cutler is concerned, uh, now Rich, he he always uh, basically was a fan of Cutler. I was always... uh, not the biggest fan of Jay Cutler, but my feeling on this is I don't think the Dolphins could have had a better scenario or been luckier uh, in, in any way than to have Jay Cutler available like he was for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he to, was arguably the best free agent quarterback out there in the side of the return yeah, and the absolutely. Tony Robo stuff. And, and the fact that like he played for gays, he knows the system, and you can just patch him right in there is – just unbelievable luck in training camp. You never have it. It really is. I, and I look, don't think look at the other are... quarterbacks that are out there. I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, when when Geno Smith is the backup with the Giants, I mean, there's nothing out there. And I don't think people are really understanding what a, a, a real, uh, just an absolute. Um, uh, Phenomenal break the Dolphins got with this because, like you said, the guy knows. The season would have been Adam over. Gaze I like Matt Moore and everything, but the season would have been over. You know, I agree. I don't think Matt Moore could have won 16 games. He's not that no. type of quarterback. I, I think that you know he's he's a he's a good backup quarterback to come in when you need him to spot for for three, four, or five games. Right, but he's not uh, a starter he was, for 16 games. I don't think so. I I don't think so, especially not at at this age. And I think, you know, uh, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Jay Cutler. Me and you used to argue back and forth, even though now you seem like you don't like him as much as you used to. Um, The one thing you can't say is when the guy plays, the guy plays. I mean, he can play at a very high Pro Bowl level when he's on. It's his inconsistency that drives you crazy. And, exactly. and and I got to tell you, I really believe this is going to be a brand new awakening for this guy. I think that he is rejuvenated, energized. He fell into the perfect situation. This is the best team he's played on in a long, long time. He's got he's, he's got very on, good receivers. You know, he. I don't know if he's ever he, had this this many great receivers. No. But you know, there's I mean, the, the Achilles, the Achilles heel is we still have a lousy offensive line. You know, and it, and it's something that you know, wasn't really addressed the way it should have been, and it's not going to get better on its own. I, I, you know, I'm concerned with Pouncey in that hip. I've always been concerned with Pouncey in that hip. Um, I, you know, there's one thing that everybody's not talking about, and, and you know, Tunsil now goes to his natural position of tackle, which is great, yep. okay? You're at your natural position. But what people are not taking into consideration is now you're facing defensive ends. Yet. No, yes. and the defensive ends in the NFL are a different breed. Much different. Oh, yes. Yep. And and so uh, in a lot of ways, you know, he's much better off in the guard situation because 
you know, you can make up for a lot in the middle there, you know. I'm not saying you're not facing monsters because you're going to have your. You know, he wasn't, he, you know, he wasn't lights out last year by any means. No. No, he, so he was asking him to do something harder, you know. Yeah, but people are not looking at it that way. They're looking at it like, no. okay, well, he goes back to his natural position. But, you know, his yeah. natural position, like I said, faces a lot stronger talent. You know, you're going to yeah, face your Indomitian and Sue's, but, you know, when and you're over there. From. I mean, yeah. Andrew Steen won it by default. I mean, because no one else could win the job. You know, it wasn't, you know the, he's a nice backup again. He's not a great pl- starting, you know, lineman, Steen. So, and, you know, you know goes down, Steve goes back to center, yeah, you still have a That's my point. I was just going to say. And that's all yeah. well and dandy until now, what if you have, you know, Pouncey go down? Then what? I mean, then the guy has well, to go know, back again, to center. He's, he's another guy that, you know, his injury was, you know, healed miraculously, like a Vander Holyfield spark. Yep. They didn't do anything yep. to him. They just rested no. him. That's all. They didn't address this hip. They didn't fix it. There's nothing to fix. They didn't fix anything. Which, which you know as well as I do, I don't have a good feeling about that. I really don't. I mean, I understand yeah. Pouncey's talent, and I understand that when he's in there, it's a different line. I got that. Yeah. But, man, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be durable to be able he to. he goes through to, 16 weeks? I don't say I it. don't. I really don't, and that's a concern. We played you know? eight seconds of preseason. He played what? Part of the third game? Three series, I think? That's it. Yeah. That's all we've seen. You know, and we have a huge question mark in Jay Ajay. Okay, you you think he might have been a, a flash in the pan. I think he has a lot of talent. The offensive line, obviously, is a big part of that. Well, you know, my, so, problem, my problem with Ajay is he had three 200-yard games. And if you take away the three 200-yard games, he was not that great. He was pretty bad in this other game. So, what, one game he had like 48 yards. He had a 70-yard game. You know, you know. look, he had he, three – Epic games, but the rest of it wasn't that good. If you take away those three epic games, his season was bad. He had three 200-yard games, correct? Yep. And then he had one 100-yard game after that. And then if you take the rest of the games, I don't think he was over 50 in any of them. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was was bad, bad. Now, you can say... Yeah, and it's a legitimate concern. There's no doubt about it. He's the most question mark player. In the NFL, maybe. Yeah. And as far as the line coexisting with that, it was no accident that the line was healthy when he had those games, and it was completely unhealthy when he wasn't. Pouncey was Absolutely. a big part of that, but there was other guys, too, that were not healthy. And so, Albert, you know. Yeah. yeah Albert wasn't uh, playing. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know, you know, what is it somewhere in the middle of those two that he's going to fall? I mean, I see the guy. I watched him in preseason. He looked great in preseason. Now, can I ask you a question? I mean, Let me ask you a question, right? We still have problems on the line, right? Albert yeah. gets traded, retires, comes back because he decides he's going to have to pay back like $9 million, so then he unretires, and then they cut him. Right? Right. Yeah. Why didn't we bring him in? I guess because at a certain point when he, he, you know, he had that contract, they still have to pay him. I think, you know, they would they be on the hook for for that if they no, brought him in over. there. No, Once he clears waivers, it's over. They it's well, all for nothing now. Well, even if you, yeah, I, I think so. I don't think he wants to play anymore. I think that's the ultimate reason. But if you did bring him in, um, you know, it, it, it would come down to, I guess, you know, whether or not he wants to. Play for the long haul. If he's just 
filling in there. I don't think the guy wanted to play. He probably came in out of shape. I, I think that he just basically wanted to avoid camp. I think that's what the holdup was. Then he realized he would have to pay money rather than lose money, and so he went Listen, in yeah, there. He, and he then was he going to retire cut. until he decided they owed him money, and then once he owed him money, all of a sudden I had to retire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think this guy really wants to play football anymore. If there was a complete opening at left tackle, which you would say, yeah, there is, but there really isn't. But if there was – then maybe your emergency go to him. Um, I, I don't know well, what do because you, right what, now what do you just. I mean, don't you do the right thing? You just you bring him back and you push Tunzel back over and you're done, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess the problem with that is that you've spent an entire preseason moving him over to tackle and moving guys into guard now, right? And you know, doing it that way. So you know, I, I it makes sense from a standpoint of we did it last year. But I guess when you've already got a whole new system in place throughout the whole preseason, when do you do it? And don't discount the fact that I don't think Brandon Albert's in great shape right now. I think he came in overweight, out of shape, and he's had a lot of injury problems before that. So for you to then make the move and put him over there and shift everybody again, if it doesn't work out or he gets hurt. Don't you got to bring him in just to see what's going on, though? Don't you got to address that? Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right as far as, you know, from – well, we don't know that they haven't. You don't know that they haven't had a conversation. We're just guessing they haven't, but you don't really know. I mean, they may have had some talks with him, and he may have said, no, I don't – I'm out, you know. I mean, you don't know what goes into that. I don't know what his house situation is, right? Did he have a house and sell it? Was he just renting a place and got out of Dodge? I don't know. You know, he he put his house up for sale. He He did own a home, but he put it up for sale last year. Because uh, he he knew what we knew that they were going to get rid of him, you know. Okay, so if that's so I, the I case, I don't know if he sold then, it though. Yeah. Well, if, well, even if he didn't sell it, once you set your mind to do that, he may not want to yeah. return. Yeah, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get the big money to come back, right? Especially not from no. them. So Hell that no. could be another factor. I think this guy probably doesn't really want to play football anymore. Uh, but. But your point I will give more credence to because it's training camp's over. And you know these guys can't stand training camp and to just come into the season. Well, you know, you know the whole thing, too. Like a, you guys don't get, the veterans who got cut, like, you know, a week and a half ago aren't going to get signed until after tonight. Because when you get signed week one, you're on the hook for the whole season. And then if you get signed after week one, you're only week to week contract wise, it's guaranteed. Oh, is that right? That's a huge thing. So that's why that's why you didn't see a lot of veterans get signed last week. That's yeah. a huge, they're, huge they're, thing. They're not guaranteed maybe, contracts. Yeah. Well, maybe you just answered your own question. It could be. Yeah. yeah it could be. And and if uh, you know, I guess you go into week one and see where that offensive line stands. But if that's what you just yeah. told me, uh, you know, uh, that might be what would happen then after the week one. Yeah. Then maybe you would see a guy like Brandon Albert reappear. Yeah. That's on a week to week contract, I just thought about that now because that's why you didn't see a lot of. You see, a thousand guys got cut in one day, right? Eleven hundred guys, and you didn't really see yeah. a lot of them get re-signed. That's why, because the veteran guys, after week one, the contracts aren't guaranteed; they're week to week. Yeah, which is, is, you know, it's very strange how they did this entire preseason, and they have their reasoning to do it. They obviously they don't want guys getting hurt, but it's just very, very strange how they they. Did this, and it also, I would say, leads you to kind of. There's less interest in the preseason by doing it, right? 
I mean, Absolutely. you don't even know who's playing, so you can't expect people to have more interest in in a well, game four. You know that the last game, the the fourth game that was in Buffalo, supposedly they had sixty thousand no shows. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard that. I did hear that, and I'm not surprised yeah. by that. I mean, nobody yeah, knows who's it's playing. It's like watching paint dry. Yeah, it's like and, you're basically and, watching guys who are going to be on the street the next day. And, and Pouncey know? made a Pouncey actually made the national headline with his comment. It was basically like, nah, you know, I, I don't play in games like this because there's, you know, obviously there's guys head hunting, trying to make a name. Yeah. Coming in doing ridiculous things. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like playing flag football. Yeah. And so it's it's a very dangerous thing, you know, that they have going on there. And the the league has a preseason issue. They're just going to keep riding it out like that. And we both know they're not losing a game. So it's either going to be added in the season. Because they they hold up – because all these idiots that buy season tickets, and I call them idiots because they pay PSLs across the country, and they they allow – these teams that sell them a preseason ticket for the same price as a regular season ticket don't complain about yeah. it. You know? I know. They really, I, I know. They'll do anything I'm, the NFL says. They're like puppets. It's like, first of all, if somebody, if, if the first PSL ever came along, if the fans would say, go stick it up, you know where, there wouldn't be yeah. any PSLs. No, you that's know? true. The PSL I mean, is the it, biggest scam in the history of the world. I mean, they sell that like it's some kind of investment. It's a scam. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah no, it, it is. I mean, it's, it, 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 they want you to pay full price when they do for these tickets that nobody wants to go to. So they have uh, they have a problem there as far as that goes. There's no doubt yeah, about like, that. Look at what a PSL is. A PSL is extortion for the right to buy the season tickets. <laughs> it's a yeah. set number that they, they, they sell you for the right to buy something they're going to sell you. I mean, now, you a lot it? of them didn't catch on. A lot of that didn't catch yeah. on, though, right? In some spot, well, yeah, and all the new stadiums are going to have it. That I heard the L.A. ones are, are going to be crazy. Even with what went on with the with with the fiasco with the Jets and they cut that out in in Washington, right? They don't have them anymore. Well, the right? ones that are, the, the Jets are paying for it, they're just not the upper deck, and a lot of people defaulted on it, but they they won't take up the court over it. Yeah, the Jets are getting killed with it because you know those people, you know, just just bailed. And I thought you know, Washington you stopped you it. Take fans to court. I well, thought Washington had stopped it. Already. Is that true? They stopped it over there? Yeah. I thought so. And Carolina's the one who originally started it, and I don't think they have it anymore. Well, once you once you pay for it, why would you have it anymore? All right? But I'm saying these people are still paying these PSL dues every year? Well, no, it's like it's a one shot deal, but it's like it's over like it's until you pay it off. Like they set a certain amount that you have to pay. It's not forever. It's like joining the company. It's not a charge. Once you have and once you have, yeah, it's a one-time charge, but it, it's so much money, it's over like four or five seasons, you know? But isn't a country club, don't you still pay dues every year? Yeah, but they don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? It's they like don't the do that. It's a one-time deal, and then they, you got to yeah. pay the price of the tickets after that. And, it, but, and then the whole point is you own those seats, and then if you want to sell them, you know, you could sell the rights to the PSLs to somebody else. That's That's what they tell you, you know? Yeah. No, I well, understand. Yeah, I, mean, I saw the Broncos pulled you know tickets from somebody that like sold their tickets through the Broncos last year, like a stub right. up kind of thing. Right. And it was a family that was having a baby or something. No girl right. was uh, bedridden, so they sold it the way they wanted to sell them, and they got a letter in the mail that they're no longer able to buy season tickets because they didn't attend any games. 
crazy story. I know it was absolutely ridiculous when you told me that. I couldn't believe it. That's really insane. Like you, you do everything they want you to do, and they still punish you. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Well, the NFL obviously has a preseason dilemma now. They're not going to lose that game uh, unless they add it in the regular season. I don't really want them to do that. It would definitely help no. one thing, and that's the Dolphins' perfect season record, which it's nice to uh, get that out of the way with New England at least losing opening day. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come on back, and we will talk about that right after this. Second and nine and throwing sideline, and he has the record. Irving Flyer on the catch. Dan Marino has now thrown to more yards than anyone else in the history of the National Football League. Hey, this is Dan Marino. You're listening to the Pacatella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associates Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www. DonNottinghamINS.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Miami Dolphins Legend Show, Pat Catello, Rich Van Zant, as we broadcast live. We are uh, in week one. Of course, the Miami Dolphins don't have a game uh, week one, uh, but one of the things the Miami Dolphins do have is the perfect season record, which now enters uh, 
uh, going on, uh, I guess, what, uh, 40, close to 45 years, just the 45th year of it. Um, and, 45th uh, of year, course, right? yeah. it, it is. I believe it is. And uh, yeah. the uh, New England Patriots certainly have been the team, which has been the uh, the pebble in the shoe when it comes to that. So it's really nice to have the New England Patriots lose on opening day and just get that right out of the way with them, at least. Well, I've never in my life ever saw – so much publicity about a team going undefeated before the season started. I mean, this is what the makes biggest ever. any better this year? I, mean, I never ridiculous. heard I mean, of it. I mean, we saw it in some clown publications. I mean, they'll give you that, but I still was the day of the game Thursday. Um, I had the USA Today at a bar that I was at, and I I opened it up. And the first thing it said nineteen and zero. They said they didn't finish the job ten years ago. They're going nineteen and zero, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! It's unbelievable. I know. Yeah, l- l- you know. Uh, Publications actually predicting, like you said, perfect season right out of the gate. Right out of the and gate. Usually you don't, and usually you don't hear that till week ten. You know what I mean? It's like really. Oh, I know. I've never seen anybody predict it before the season. I've never seen no. that. And and there was many of them this year. So uh, well, my favorite like thing was July. My favorite thing was July when when Brady turned forty. They go, "Is Tom Brady the best forty-year-old athlete ever?" Well, he hasn't done anything yet. You know, so yeah. now his 40-year-old resume reads 267 yards and no touchdowns. I don't think that's that good. George Belinda was better. <laughs> that's a good point, I guess. Yeah, so far his 40-year-old resume is I mean, not what so did he strong. Do 40 yet? What did yeah, he do? No, he woke I, up and like that, and yeah. morning to Giselle? What did he do? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, this I mean, is ESPN. You, 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 this, is, this is ESPN with this. Oh, I know. Is he the best 40-year-old athlete ever? Well, he hasn't done anything at 40 yet. There's no lack of Brady admiration. (laughs) You know that, especially in this media. I I mean, they, they, you know, if you give him enough time, they'll predict him to win the Kentucky Derby. I mean. Enough is enough. I'm sure he had the best cake ever, too, right? You know? (laughs) (laughs) You know, listen, it's – it is what it is. You go to seven Super Bowls, you win five of them. I mean, it's – a, a little yeah. baffling, but you know, two things happened this week, and you know, I'm not usually the guy who jumps on all this, you know, uh, conspiracy stuff or whatever. I, and I'm not, but two things happened this week that I think you got to take note of. The first, they both may seem, you know, minute or minuscule or, or you know, not of that kind of importance. But, but if you really think about it, the first came uh, with the interview Tom Brady did about a week ago on a uh, Boston radio station, and they addressed the Floyd Mayweather friendship to him. And what they said was, you know, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, you and Floyd are, you know, are close friends. Floyd Mayweather actually made a comment that him and Tom Brady were very close friends. And they said it to him, are you close friends with Floyd Mayweather? And he kind of mumbled a little bit and said, no, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, I, met him. I met him once or twice. And then they said, yeah, because, uh, you know, with all the domestic violence uh, uh, charges and all that kind of stuff, you know, we, we were wondering if you are you know, close friends with him or, you know, whatever. And he goes, yeah, no, uh, yeah, um, no, just met him, met him a couple times. Yeah, like that kind of said it. <laughs> and then, and then they unveiled that the night of the weigh-in, he's on Floyd Mayweather's phone in the picture on FaceTime. 
So he's actually talking with them as they're doing it. Now, you may say, oh, so what? What's the big deal? So he downplayed that. You know what the big deal is? We went through a year and a half of this guy absolutely denying that he had anything to do with texting ball boys and deflating footballs and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not saying we could go in. We've, we've talked about whether or not deflating the ball helped them, didn't help them, what it is. But the bottom line is, doesn't that hurt his credibility a little bit? Well, yeah, I think people up in Dolgo don't care, but yeah, I mean, no, his credibility. So look, yeah, I think his credibility is what it is. I mean, people that love him aren't going to care, and people who, no. who think that he cheated in the first three Super Bowls are going to say, "See, here you go again." Yeah, well, I agree. You're right. You're not going to ever change the Boston people. That is what it is. But my son brings up a good point. He says this all the time. My son Damon says this all the time, and he's got a little bit of. It, it makes sense. What's going to happen is there's a lot of bandwagon New England people that just jump on the bandwagon, right? They're not true diehard football fans at all. You know, yeah. Tom Brady's the hottest thing since white bread, and, 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 you know, everybody, you know, has their own reasons. They're so successful. But when that, all that dust settles, they're not really going to be involved in NFL and the legacies anymore, and the, and the true football people are. And yeah. I think the true football people have have a little bit of a, a grudge or you know an axe to to bear you know and I and I think that they will hold uh, you know all the spy gate the flake gate um, you know the uh, the um, well you know you what, know what, what I know like he's not the nicest man in the world okay so like just the the fact that he's texting ball boys I mean if he doesn't want something from them he would have nothing to do with them. I mean, give me a break. You know it as well, well as I do. He's not friends with the ball boys because he's an elitist guy, you know? Well, I agree with that. I don't know whether it has to do with nice or not, but you're right. I don't think Tom Brady's approachable is the point. I think he is in no, his own cocoon. Nice. I, I, certainly... I heard when he was a rookie he wasn't nice before anybody knew who he was. So he is certainly he's not contacting attitude. anybody that, yeah, yeah. he would not. Yeah. He's, he's, not, yeah. He's, not uh, he's not calling the ball boys to see how his day went. That's my point, you know? Yeah, so, you know, when you look at it that way, uh, you know, yeah, I I think this just adds on to his credibility and takes away a lot of it. I think people say yeah. that and go, you know what, he plays the game, you know, he didn't show up at the White House and pretend that he didn't know Trump when they were supposedly buddies, and then, you know, Giselle obviously <laughs> yeah, runs well, the he show had, here. Well, he, had, he had other things to do that day, right? He had other, yeah. he, other commitments? Yeah, and then I think he was out of the well, country like the next few days. the White House? Yeah, and then I think he left the country the next few days after that. I don't even think he was yeah, in the it's country. And, yeah. and so, and the next thing that happened is the Boston Red Sox you know, are involved in a cheating scandal with their Apple Watches and stealing signs. Again, not the biggest thing in the world. I mean, it is what it is. Baseball's always had their sandpaper and scuffing and cork bats and all that. I get that, okay? Stealing signs, whatever, using devices. But isn't it ironic that it's the Boston Red Sox? Like, this, this Boston franchises, you know, they just, they've been cheating since the word go, haven't they? I mean, right down to a snowplow well, the, the in 1982. Well, yeah, yeah the 1982 yeah, they started this nonsense. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yep. a con- you know. With yeah. a convict. With a, with a convict got on a freaking work leave, you know? When there's Let's this much that. smoke. was a convict. Yeah. yeah. When there's this much smoke, you know, yeah. I mean, there's an awful lot there. And, you know, and, you know, last year, really the first Super Bowl, Belichick won without any kind of cheating scandal on him, right? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? I guess there's not. No. 
No, because Spygate obviously was the huge factor in those other three. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and the, the Flake Gate, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I just think there's something there. <laughs> yeah, he needed... He needed Shanahan's son to choke, and he needed his whole team not to show up in the second half, I guess. Yeah, you know? well, but yeah, there's no doubt about it how it went down, but it is what it is. But, yeah. you know, he still won yeah. the Super Bowl. But, you know, the, there is a, a lot of stuff. You can't deny his greatness and his success, and him and Tom Brady are the greatest duo uh, that there's ever been, and that's unarguable. You could have hatred and, and whatever, but – their success rate is unarguable, and the guy is the best coach in the NFL, and he certainly is, uh, you know, in, in all time, he's got to be considered there. But he does have a blemish, and it's hard. And, you know, people in Boston hate Shula. I don't know if you know that, but they really hate Shula now. They call him, like, <laughs> the grumpy old man. They can't stand him because Shula has yeah, come out. He, yeah. he gave him the name Belichick, you know, and yeah, they say, well, it's sour grapes. He's better than him and this and that. But, you know, but there is something there, you know, the the integrity and, you know, it, it, it's a little, it's skewed at the very least. Hey, He's got something. If there was nothing there, why did Goodell burn the tapes? Well, you know, it's ironic, and you bring up a great point because they hate Goodell up there. You know, Barstool Sports and all them love to make him the yeah. poster child and put the clown sure, face Goodell. He yep. saved them. He's since turned. He's changed his ways. I think if he looks back now, you know, he saved them in the beginning, and they kept it up and kept it up, and he wasn't going to let up on the Brady thing. And well, instead he, of just you know, taking he it. Covered, he covered for them with the, with the spy gate for sure. Right. But he also was covered for the NFL, too, because the NFL could not have – Three tape Super Bowls. That's basically what it was, you know. Yeah, and and now he's changed in the sense that you know he's uh, obviously he puts his foot down. I don't understand why they're all against. Him. I mean, he basically he puts his foot down with the league, like him or not. Like, well, what is he basically doing? But you know, enforcing it with with them, and enough is enough with these guys. So, you know, I mean, yep. I don't know. I don't see how you fault the guy for that. You know, and I mean, there's. There's something there, whether you're not, you don't think that's a big deal, okay? But, um, but you're right. He really took them off the hook hard with the evidence in in Spygate. That could have changed history because people know about it, but they dismiss it now, like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, they have the two sides. You're either for or you're against, right? There's a and book about it, it that I read excerpts on it. I would never read the whole book because I probably would throw up halfway through it. But it's a lot worse than you think it is. We're involved in it a lot too. They they had our cadences for years, you know. Well, me and you have we were there when when uh, Teddy Bruschi had Marino's cadences in that playoff fourteen oh, yeah. nothing ninety seven was it playoff game yep. that we lost. I mean they they even from yep. then I like to know that we were always told it was when Byers and all those guys or whoever went up there and they kind of told them. But you kind of wonder was it or was it even more? Yeah, it's probably more. You know, they probably were might have been more. Us. Yeah, that probably the apparatus was probably there before before Belichick got there. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Now the Miami Dolphins getting back to them uh, before we end the show. There's a bunch of there's some moves. There wasn't any surprising moves really in the preseason. Nothing really changed more than we thought it would change. But there was two moves that really baffled me, and I think baffled you as well. And that's in our kickers. And we had Cody oh, yeah. Parker, the Browns kicker now, replaces our guy, Franks. And it's after the cuts are done. 
They go and well, they, they get no, the guy who basically put us Frank in the playoffs. nobody in camp to compete against. But in I, camp by himself. I don't he understand the move. in camp. He had nobody else in there, and then they go and get this guy who's it's cup on a, you know, it's not like the freaking World Champions Cup. This guy, it's the Cleveland Browns, and it's also the guy who put us in the playoffs when he missed the yeah, kick. We should have lost that missed, Browns what, game. He missed three in that game. Yeah, three in that game terrible. He missed. So yeah. can you can you explain this no, to me? No, I, I don't. I don't, I don't understand it. at all. You know, if it was like the guy the Raiders signed yesterday, I could understand it. But this guy isn't the guy that, like the Raiders have now. You know, no, yeah, and, and Janikowski's hurt. And Janikowski's yeah, hurt. Until week eight. Yeah, but you never ever see him again if this kid keeps kicking like yeah, this. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. But I, I still don't, like, I don't even think there's a correlation with Gates in this guy, right? I've been trying, with Gates in this guy, I've been uh, trying to figure it out. I can't find he's it. From, he's from the Fort Lauderdale area. I know that, but I don't think that has anything to do with it, you know? I don't know. It baffled me. And then, of course, you had Dar, who we thought was going to get cut, you know, because of his salary, if he was. And, you know, we, for, we don't think he should have been. Well, how much, and, you know, what is he, two years he was been there? How much could yeah. his salary be? Yeah, how much could it be? He's still on that rookie contract or whatever it is. Yeah. And then and then I you have, uh, you know, Matt Hack coming in now to be your punter. And I don't understand yeah, I mean, it. To me, that's typical Mike Tannenbaum creating problems where they don't exist. I mean, yeah. you know, that's – that's the way I look at that. You know, it's typical Mike Tannenbaum. You know, that's always, got always turning over the roster where it doesn't need to be messed away. I mean, these yeah, guys, I, I thought they were locked sound. You know, hey, you know, sometimes kickers get better too, guys. I mean, you know, just because some guy off the street kicked better than Franks doesn't mean – well, really, there wasn't anybody kicking better than him because he didn't have any competition. But, you know, yeah, sometimes your guys true. get better too. You know? Yeah. No, that's a good point, too. I mean, look at Ford Revez. I mean, he became a much better kicker yeah. when he left the top. I, I know. you got to give you, I, know, I you guys a chance to grow a little bit. Uh, but, like, you know, hey, look, I mean, you're talking about an organization that cut three of their picks from last season on uh, on cutdown day, and they only yeah. had six picks. So that's 50% of the picks cut in a day. You know, they signed them all to the practice squad, but I don't give credit for that. That's horrible. That means Adam Gase, half of your picks Adam Gase, are a waste. Adam Gase, happy with these two pick, kick, kicker moves, or just has to pick his battles? I, I think he has to pick his battles. I don't think he's like you know. He, he probably got the word before the you know when the guys got the word. You know, I don't that's really interesting. I would love to know what really how that really went down. Well, you think he's like if you he, think he's scouting Parky with Cleveland and this? You know, I don't no. see it. No, I think, like you said, I think that comes more from up top. I think Tannenbaum looking to save on the salary cap or whatever. I Which think is all he does, really, could... it seems, you know? Yeah, that's his and, you know, big and look, thing. It looks, it looks like we picked another first-round bust this year. You know about that, right, this defensive well, guy? Well, you know, injuries are, you know, uh, obviously uh, – so He's talking about the defensive end. Yeah, because we lost Mac- Rack one, player. you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the second he, round he pick, has, you he know. He's supposed to be a pass, pass rushing specialist. He didn't even hit the quarterback yeah. once. Yeah, well, we'll see you know, you know, see nothing. what happens with that. And I don't like to judge too much in preseason, but we, we, we'll we see. You you can well, you know keep who your – uh, Who did I want in the first round? Same guy I wanted, the guy that showed last night. He was on fire with the Dallas Cowboys. No, Should have taken guy. a chance on him. Well, that was the year before yeah, I wanted, that. I wanted that. Watt's brother, remember? No, so but did I. I last year – Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Last year, Watt, you know, was the pick. But the year before that, we both wanted the kid from Notre Dame. You know, oh, the yeah, kid from Notre Dame. 
You know, and last year it was why. And Watt's going to be a star in this league, and I don't understand why you passed that up. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't pass it up. And so, we you know. pass him up, but we needed a linebacker. Yeah, I, and drafted that one. That was the sick part. We and did, drafted all, one. It, it fell right to you. You could have treated that a little bit and still got this I know. guy. I mean, don't understand you're idiots. Idiots. Don't understand it. It seemed like a silly move, and uh, – you know, he's starting we'll for the, how to, he's starting for the Steelers. There you go. That's the answer. I know. And how to say I know. I had a solid game. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes down. Miami Dolphins Hey Chargers. One week. Less than a week from today. Everybody will have two <laughs> games in the bank before we play that game, by the way. <laughs> Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler. I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a brew. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her. Insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.